0: What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you, and it won't take up too much of your time. As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Podcast episode 187, Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here. Hope everybody is doing well out there. So much going on in the world of sports. We got a lot to talk about on this episode. NBA finals will be wrapping up this week after we finish this episode. Uh, we'll have a big game six coming up Tuesday night, right after you listen to this, by the time this drops, and the Olympics, yes, the Olympics are still happening despite a lot of stuff going on that makes you think that it might not. But first off, Brian, how you doing, man?
1: Doing all right. We were talking a lot uh, a lot off mic about a, a, a number of different things, and one of them I will bring to the forefront now briefly because there is a report that's current where IGN reports that The Last of Us, when the series is going to be on HBO, uh, which is gonna start filming very soon and apparently the show is gonna come out next year the last of us apparently the budget <laughs> is exceeding over 10 million dollars per episode and I'm pretty sure it's gonna be 10 episodes like a standard you know um, season of a uh, shows or whatever but dex I mean <laughs> over that basically you're saying that the series itself is gonna be well over a hundred million dollars, but as people who've played the game, we're kind of like, yeah, that that kind of, yeah, that that makes sense. That adds up HBO's probably gonna make a lot of money and get a lot of awards because of how good this is probably going to be, and I'm excited for it.
0: Well, what I'm gonna be intrigued to see is does the video game community that maybe doesn't have an HBO subscription or HBO Max subscription, they they subscribe to them because they want to see the show? Um, you know We'll never know these numbers with subscription services like HBO, but I got to think there's going to be some crossover for the diehard fans because I know if – I mean, I have an HBO Max subscription, it, That's the thing. But if HBO I did, Max I is one of the
1: ones you should have.
0: Yeah. If yeah. I did it, I would absolutely be doing it to watch the show. And This is someone who's played the game, loves the game. Both games are in his top five, probably top three games of all time. So, yeah, I mean, th- yeah, I mean, this – I'm not surprised at the budget. I really am not. I'm not Ooh, surprised boy. at all. But now here's the thing. You can spend $10 million or north of that per episode. You got to spend that right. You know, if it's not spent right and the stuff looks whack, which I doubt, right? There's never really anything you watch in terms of the HBO show that looks whack or really is whack. I always say it's people, right. HBO shows. HBO shows, you might not like a per- particular show on there. You might not think that it, it fits in your interests. And that's fine. But I really have never watched an HBO show or turned it on and been like, man, this is whack. Like that just I I've never really Or, or that it's felt low that
1: quality way. or anything.
0: Yeah, oh it's never low quality. The right. one thing you know you're gonna get is high quality with HBO. So coming into this, I'm not a big expectations person, but yeah, you damn right I expect high quality with The Last of Us. And you're paying ten million dollars and you don't give us high quality, well, I guess shame on you. That would be uh, money poorly spent, but you know, it ain't my money, so okay. Is, it is what it is. Last of Us, that'll be coming next year, right, Brian? That's coming in 2022?
1: I, I believe it's next year, and according to IGN, the filming starts later this month, so yeah. we're going to, look, it's going to be a year's worth of teases, and I'm curious as to when it'll actually come out. I think it's going to be later next year, which makes sense. Like, I wouldn't want The Last of Us to come out in the summer. No, you know I think, I mean? no, 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 it's not going to, no, 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 I don't see anybody released in the summer. This that ain't feels, a summer it, show, it, it yo! It feels
0: like a fall winter release. That's what that's what uh that's what should uh be there, so like you know, the casting's already been done, everybody's already been casted for this. We're trying to get our producer Greg to finally play the games because he owns a PlayStation 4 but still hasn't played these games. I don't know what's wrong with him at all, whatsoever. He needs to play these games, but. We're trying to get him get him to do that. We're trying to tell him before this how great the game is, and he's throwing all these other games out to me, like Spider-Man and whatnot, like these are better <laughs> than The Last of Us. No, they're not. And that's no shade to those games. They're really great games, but they're not at the level of greatness that We're, The Last
1: of Us is. We'll do a podcast, uh, a couple video game podcasts probably. We're definitely going to do one on The yeah. Last of Us. We're definitely going to do one on our top video games ever, which – you know, we we've kind of, all
0: of all violence, which The Last of Us does. Wait,
1: uh, I got to think about that. The answer is yes. I, I can't even yes. like deny it because I know three of them are off the top of my head out of the five. Wait, wait,
0: <laughs> wait. Do you, wait, do you see it? Greg sends us a message. It's like, what's the one to one hundred ranking on The Last of Us? One hundred. Absolute positive one hundred. Yeah. And
1: if it ain't, it's damn close. Like yeah. it's like, listen, man. In if i if I
0: if I'm nitpicky, I would say ah, I give the Last of Us one hundred, and the Last of Us Part Two a ninety-eight. I can go with that. That's probably fair.
1: Yeah, I mean. My- my fate, i am not gonna give away my favorite favorite game. If you know me pretty well, then you probably already know what it is. In yes. terms of that, because I'm gonna save that for later. But I will say that—no, <laughs> it's not UFC Four. I actually don't play <laughs> UFC Four as much as I thought I would. I played uh, UFC Three. That,
0: that's that's shocking to me. i am no, playing
1: man. a lot of 2K because of—I uh, I'm mean, in, I'm in like uh, international mode. And remember, I gave you the hookup to put in all the yeah. all the international squads in 2K and have and not modded either, like. Just you know, takes a little work, but we got through it. So I've been playing a lot of like Puerto Rico versus Iran and shit like that. But in terms of in terms of video games that are gonna be uh, in the top five, I will say that all five of them might not be violent, but at least three or four of them are gonna be.
0: What a shock! What a shock! And and Greg, for the record, I'm losing Greg. We are not doing a top 100 video games. Ain't nobody got time for that.
1: 100 like I don't think I could do 100. I could give you 10. I, can pro- I don't know if I can give you 25. I can I'm
0: give you... Tra- like, you haven't even played 100 video games. Like, I
1: have. I definitely have. Like, and completed, of my life, and
0: completed them or put enough hours... I'm, have I played 100 video games?
1: I don't think so. If you're including... Maybe I have. Well, I'm including sports games in that. No, don't, don't... And don't include some arcade...
0: Different. Don't give me some arcade game you hopped on for, like, two minutes. Nah.
1: No, 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 count. no. I'm saying, like, 100, like, I've played... Yeah, yeah. I've probably... I've probably played uh, at, at a decent length, like a hundred different games. I would think, I would think, yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very I've gay. beaten, I'm I've very beaten a few levels to I am bread. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've played a lot of different. A lot I'm of game, different I'm games.
0: game you once showed me.
1: Yeah, I, I am. The goal, where the goal is to become toast. Yes. yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well we're gonna to say toast to this topic and and, and we'll <laughs> bri- move right on uh to that. We will have more to talk to you we about. We might make it games. top
1: tens. I might I might ask for it I can rock there. with ten. We ain't doing yeah. no damn I, No, no, no. Nothing over it gets too diluted after that. Same thing with albums. And th- and speaking of albums, uh we ain't got ten right now. You know what I mean? Like we I don't I might not have enough for a top five right now so and we
0: yeah for hip-hop we gotta pick it
1: up hip-hop let's go we gotta pick it up (laughs) hip-hop has been uh it's been a little rough i think i might shout out to Vince staples he did just recently drop something that um we're probably going to talk about talk about uh, at the year's end i did listen and i thought it was thought it was pretty solid
0: but uh Yeah. yeah video game on the podcast we'll be talking about that soon for sure but we got basketball to talk about nba finals Oh, I was going to
1: say, if you're going to Tokyo, I'm like, do we? Are we sure? But we'll get to that. that. No, we're
0: not going to to Tokyo. Well, we are not going to Tokyo (laughs) Tokyo for the viewers and (laughs) listeners. And we're not going to talk about Tokyo just yet, but that will be coming up later in the show. Nice tease there by Brian. Basketball, I talked about this on the NBA Exchange recent episode. The series of the finals hasn't gone, I think, the way many people thought it would have gone after the Suns went up 2 to nothing. Now, the Bucks have stormed back. They've won three games in a row. They are up 3-2. This is dropping Tuesday. Tuesday of this week will be game six. So if you listened to this before, you will hear our thoughts on what we think is going to happen with game six. I'm going to go with this, Brian. We talked about this last week on Picks and Props, too. I'm rooting for anarchy here, right? I remember that prop bet I mentioned where you took the Bucks to win game five and the Suns could still win the series. I think it was like <laughs> plus 900 or something. <laughs> Sounded yeah, pretty smart. dope. If you listen to us and maybe you got in on that action, you might be happy. Now, we all picked the Suns. I know our producer, Greg, he's been riding hard with the Suns. Brian picked the Suns. I picked the Suns. And I think this is what it comes down to. And This is what I want to ask Brian because I actually don't know his thoughts on this. The Suns had an opportunity to go up 3-2 at home. They blew that, right? Milwaukee gets the job done after being down 16 in the first quarter in game five. The question really comes, do you think the Bucs can close it out on their home court? Or can the Suns get this road victory? Man, I just, I I think the anarchy is going to happen. I think we're going to see this game seven. I think the Suns are going to get a victory in game six. I think Chris Paul is going to find a way to come up big. Although I'm a little nervous about Chris Paul, he doesn't look right. And I don't think it just might be a hand issue like we're talking about. I think people forget he had COVID. And we've seen some people not necessarily be themselves athletes, I'm talking about, after COVID. We saw this with Jason Tatum when he came back. We saw this with Cam Newton in football last year when he came back. He didn't seem right after he had COVID. So this is something I think people kind of forget about. People have been forgetting about COVID and how it affects the world in other ways. We'll get to that later as well, too. But, Brian, I don't know. I don't think we know anything in this series in the way it can go. As I said, we don't know how it's going to play out. A lot of people thought it was one way. Suns might win in five. Suns in four. Yeah, all Suns fans got off that real quick. How do you see game six playing out? Do you you see the anarchy coming? Because I feel like you should be rooting for this as well. Do you see the anarchy coming in game six?
1: I definitely want to see Chris Paul go out better if this is it, right? Like, I think the thing that I'm having trouble with is after seeing Milwaukee win game five in particular, I feel like they're going to close it out on their home floor which is dangerous to say because, you know, confidence in the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they've gotten this far, but they haven't made it easy on anybody. But I just really like the way they played uh, the last three quarters of game five on the road after they were down 37-21 to and they went on a crazy run to end the game. They outscored the Phoenix Suns, I think, by 20 or so, 2022, the rest of the way. I'm forgetting what the final score was, but the Bucks played a tremendous game. Down the stretch, with key defensive stops from Drew Holiday and others. Drew Holiday had a terrible game four offensively, but still brought it defensively, which we didn't talk enough about. He brought it on both ends in game five. He was particularly sensational. Giannis was Giannis. Chris Middleton was consistent, and they led the way. They they accumulated, I believe, eighty-eight of the points that the Bucks scored in that victory. So I'm confident. Uh, that the Bucks can finish it on their home floor a, a little more than I am of the Phoenix Suns coming out and winning it on the road. However, let me say this. while well, I would lean Bucks, This does set the stage for one of those epic Chris Paul road games back against the wall or Devin Booker or both. And I could sort of see that happening. I just... I'm just leaning towards the Bucks finishing it out. That's sort of the main thing that I'm taking away from this here. I, I hope I hope Chris Paul like actually puts up a fight. And not to say that he hasn't, but he hasn't been as good lately as he was early on in the series. He's dipped off a little bit. Um and Devin Booker, you know, wasn't quite the same in game five as he was in game four. So I would like to see if they're able to pick this up on the road and have one of those epic games, because then we're going into game seven where it's like all oh, the bucks. Can they do this again? You know that I want a game seven. And if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm, we'll get to this a little more later, but if I'm Damian Lillard, from Van Metabio, from Kevin Durant. Don't know if I won a game seven because we kind of need some help over here in Tokyo. But I think those guys are probably going to get replaced anyway, which is the other external factor here that uh, is going to feel some sort of ripple effect.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that in a second because I'm glad you brought that up, right? About the guys uh, talking about Middleton, Booker, Middleton and, Booker Holiday, and Holiday possibly yep. having to go to Japan. Hold that thought for one second because I want to come back to that as we then transition to the Olympics. You sound a lot more confident than some Bucks fans I talked to and some Bucks writers I talked to. I had Kyle Carr on the NBA Exchange uh, before Game Six to talk about this, and he was like, "Yeah, I think the Bucks can do it, but I wouldn't bet my house on it."
1: They're right? underpromising or, and over Underpromising, yeah. see, they're underpromising and over-delivering because they're fans of the team. I don't give a shit. You know what I right. mean? Like, I, I, I like. I don't have this sort of vested interest in right. You what, got no whatever dog happens. In, You have no dog in this fight. So okay. I could put I could put faith in whomever, and if they let me down, I don't care. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it, right. It, it, it's whatever.
0: Right. Yeah, and I, I understand these these things. These things are going to happen. But that fan base has been funny watching them on Twitter because they're so anxious with everything that's going on, and they don't trust the Bucks, and they're kind of waiting for the shoe to drop and the letdown and. I, I get it. I tend to not think uh, about my teams or myself in that way, but I understand it to that degree. But like I said, I'm, I want the game seven. I'm like you. I'm rooting for the anarchy. I hope there's a game seven. I hope when we record next week, we're doing a look back and talking about how great of a game seven it was. Because, look, let's let's keep it a buck. This series has been good. I've really enjoyed the games in the series, particularly the last three games. Games three to five have been fantastic. Like there's been all the drama you could want. There's been some great, I could be iconic plays from Giannis in this series. I mean, it's been it's been insane. The basketball's been really, really good. And what we're asking for is, as Brian said, one more really good game from Chris Paul or Devin Booker or both on the road to step up. And bring this back to Phoenix for Game 7, where, you know, people say the thing all the time about a Game 7. Oh, Game 7, anything happened. Which is the question. Why do people say that anything can happen in the Game 7 as if anything can't happen in any other game? Right? Anything can happen in any game. You know, we, we put it like, oh, Game 7, something magical, special happens. I know what people are saying, but it's kind of an overused phrase. But no, I that's agree. A, that's, a, but, that's, that's a whole other story.
1: But, but that's why I like that people say anything can happen in the WWE. Because it's the entire company, you know what I mean. It's not. It's not specific to like this one game or whatever. Of course, had to bring in wrestling.
0: Yeah, uh, back into it. Of course, of course, had to be money in the bank
1: wrestling. was last night, and it was the first pay per view event in front of fans since WrestleMania and the second one since COVID happened. Um, and it yeah. was actually really well done. And John Cena returned to confront Roman Reigns, and it seems like they're gonna face each other at SummerSlam for the title.
0: I still have not uh, changed since Dan Surf into this podcast to start caring about wrestling. But in fairness, I haven't really tried to watch it. So I still well, promised
1: I would do that. I haven't been really watching since WrestleMania like that either, uh, other than in spurts, because – not easy to watch it without fans. I ain't going to lie. Like In the beginning, I was kind of like, whatever with it. NXT at least had some fans or whatever. And that's mainly what I get into. But yeah, no. Money in the Bank was good yesterday. Minus some. Um, I don't know if you are, were on Twitter last night. But uh, Peacock no. uh, had a major issue. I
0: saw, I saw you tweet about that. And, how, was yeah, it just and how the app wasn't
1: working. How, it was uh, hundreds of thousands of others. Uh, probably even millions. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That went on for quite a while you know, do the same thing that you do with devices since, you know, the 1980s or whatever, just refresh them and hope for the best. And that's what ended up working. But uh, it's just that, that shit was, that was brutal. The wrestling community was
0: not happy. Now I wanted to get back to something that you had also brought up that I think affects the finals, the game six, whether we get a game seven or not. I've given thought to the fact that, all right, if there's a game set, if there's a game seven, let's say we got a game seven, that would be Thursday. People, okay? Let's set the stage for what Brian was talking about. I think (laughs) it's rather interesting. The Olympics, the opening ceremonies, which will be not in front of fans, which is going to be weird. So I'm going to watch that. Like, how are people going to come out? Usually, when they come out for the opening ceremonies, they're waving to people, and there's like nobody to wave to in the stands. So I don't know how that's going to go. Anyways, opening ceremonies will be Friday. USA basketball will play their first game on Sunday. The finals, As I said, at the latest, we'll end Thursday if we have a Game 7. On the U.S. Olympic team, as Brian mentioned before, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker. Now, there's a lot of things I think people have to consider here. They are going to have to leave either, whether it be Game 6 in Milwaukee or Phoenix on Thursday, they're going to leave and then fly to Japan. 12-hour flight, depending from Milwaukee or Phoenix. Could be 13 hours, right? They're going to have to do that after playing a very intense NBA finals series. And you have to question what do these guys have left to give to Team USA? Another point B, if you're either of these guys, right, whether you're Holiday and Middleton or Booker, and they're all going to be taking a private jet that'll be, you know, taken care of by Team USA out there, they're going to fly together. Do you want to fly with the person you just lost to in the finals? I wouldn't. Like, 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 how's that trip gonna be on a private jet? You're gonna sit there and be like, "Yo, what's up, man? I know you just kicked my ass, but we gotta go win this for the country." Nah, I'm good. Also, I'm
1: good. I'm good also, on that. but also, do you want to fly to a place where they're still in shutdown because of this fucking virus that a lot of people think is just over with? You know what I mean? A lot of people think that we're that we're that it's in the past now, but no, uh, Japan is currently in some sort of lockdown. I don't know to what degree. Uh, and they're, you know, the Olympic ceremony is going to begin Friday. The Olympics are Friday and they're going to go on for all these weeks. And you're currently in lockdown. You're banning fans and you're inviting people from all of these countries, not just the athletes, but all the people that arrive with them, sponsors, executives, suits in general, etc. etc. Shit. Models for all we know, like whomever. And You're going to have the Olympics during the pandemic as like not even just during the pandemic, but like while you're actually at a point where you have the most cases that you've had in months. And if I'm an NBA player in particular, if I'm Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday or Devin Booker. Do I really want to fly out there right. after being right. away from home for so long already? Trying to win this championship, now I'm gonna get on a private jet straight to Japan instead of going home to celebrate with whomever I would like to celebrate with. Like I, right. I, I don't know. I would I want me personally. I already told you this. They announced this, whether it was during the conference finals or something like that, the rosters. But for me, if I was trying to create the Team USA roster this year. Nobody who played past the first round of the playoffs would have been on my team. So I wouldn't have, I would have tried to avoid this issue anyway. And yes, that would have meant no Kevin Durant and uh, no to a couple of the other guys on that team. Uh, Well, actually, no, I, I don't think anybody else sort of faces this sort of problem at this point. But that would have meant no Kevin Durant. But oh, well, like you could have made a better team around that. Evidently, they didn't ask John Morant and all of a sudden he's not interested they should have asked Ja Moran to begin with. He would have been actually the perfect point guard to to sort of lead this team uh, in terms of a floor generalship factor. But, yeah, if I'm one of these players, do I really want to risk that? And we've seen reports about Duncan Robinson being uh, potentially named to the roster. And I've mentioned that Jared Allen should probably be on the team. But if I'm one of those dudes, I'm a restricted right. free agent. I am going to make... X amount of money like both Dang of them are man. probably both of them are Dang probably gonna man. get 20 million a year whatever do you really want to jeopardize that for injuries nope. covid stress mental health whatever going to japan right now like nope. I, I don't know i don't know if it's worth it i'm probably saying it's not and australia is probably gonna win the gold medal at this point i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah no i, th- I think there's something to keep an eye on with the length of how this series goes just to kind of top put a bow in that with the finals but the length of how it goes and if Middleton, Holiday, and Booker do head out there, which I just feel like it's crazy for them. Like, I just, I'm like, oh, I kind of don't want them to do this, right? And I know Team USA needs to help, like Brian said, but it's fair to question, is this the right thing for them to do in the situation that's going on in Tokyo, which we'll get into in a second. And everything they've been through in this condensed season, fighting for a championship, you're going to play seven games, possibly, Or six. It doesn't matter. Either one. It's going to be less than a week before you play your first game in international competition and then go into a place where the COVID rates are high and this Delta variant is getting out of control. So no for me, man. No for
1: me. Yeah. and, And the thing is, Devin Booker, like Devin Booker, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, right? Game seven will be Thursday. And then it's like, oh, Sunday you get France. You get Rudy Gobert, you get Evan 48, you get a whole bunch of other like NBA dudes that are on their roster whose names I'm blanking on, and NBA-worthy guys. Nicholas Batum, I believe, is on that team. Frankie Lakina, your boy, I think he's on that team as well. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to finish the NBA Finals and then fly out, and then all of a sudden we're in group play in Tokyo.
0: <laughs> yeah, it won't, but we'll be watching. We'll be watching. Helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. To the Olympics. <laughs> Man, the Olympics. There's so much to talk about it. Okay, so we got to go to the question this. Olympics are here. I talked about the opening ceremonies coming on Friday, even though they will be in front of nobody. Are you excited for the Olympics? I don't know how people feel about the Olympics. Here's the thing. In Japan, they're not. In Japan, they don't want the games. 70% of people, this is according to some poll that I read, 70% of the Japanese folks, they do not want the games. They do not want to hear it all. They don't think it's a good idea for public health. They are right. But the IOC and the Olympic Committee in Japan, they're still pushing. And, of course, look, guys, we know why they're pushing. anybody's asking, why are the games still going on? All you got to do is one thing. Put your Lester Freeman glasses on. Follow the money. <laughs> it's following the money. This is about money. This is about the sunk cost in there. I read something recently where there's about $15 billion, which would be the sunk cost that's been invested into the Olympics. Now, they can't recoup a lot of that. Because what if they had people coming through the Olympic Village, fans in the stands, so they're even losing money in that end. But they're trying to do some stuff where they can appeal to the corporate sponsors with their ads and different things like that. There's a lot of money that's been put into this, including I think it was like $1.4 billion into building uh, one of the stadiums that will be used, the Olympic Stadium, in Japan. So there's a lot of money that's going into this. But as we're looking at this here in the States, and we know folks in Japan, our Japanese brothers and sisters, don't want this. It's hard to feel a sense of excitement, at least for me personally, B, about this Olympics. Now, will I watch? Sure. Is it content for us to even talk about on this podcast and other things that we do? Of course. But I don't know about you, B, there's this kind of feeling with everything that's going on around this with COVID-19, the Delta variant. We're seeing staffers get sick. We just saw today before we recorded this podcast. uh, One of the gymnasts on the U.S. Olympic women's team Catches uh COVID and she will be out for the Olympics. I'm forgetting the young lady's name on the team. This is crazy, right? What's going on? And we're still trying to do these games. And it does kind of it just feels weird. I don't know how else to say this other than it feels really weird. I think it's gonna be weirder, like I said, watching the ceremonies, not seeing fans in the stands. Although I think we're kind of used to this from watching sports in the last year, but they're not trying to push this back. You've got the winter games that are coming up next year. So there's no way they're trying to push this back as well. I guess here we are. The question for me, Brian, is, is this going to be really bad? What if there is a major outbreak? What if that happens? And we're sitting back and we're like, maybe we shouldn't have done this. It's, it's I was for half the Olympics. I thought from the jump there shouldn't have been any fans this year. But with this Delta variant... I just feel weird about all this. I'm not really sure that we should be doing this at all. How do do you feel about it?
1: Kind of similar to how I felt when we were just coming back to sports
0: amid COVID
1: right earlier, where it was like, I'm not sure we should be doing this. I understand wanting to get the money. And this is tough because the Olympics, as you already said, uh, were postponed a year already. And it's like, are you just going to not have an Olympics or Are you going to push it back another year, but then the winter Olympics are next year. How are you going to do that? Uh, Dex, it's not really our problem, but you know, whatever. Right. And in terms of like the COVID cases now, Bradley Beal was the big name of uh, this past week. He's off the U S men's Olympic team would have had a chance at a gold medal. Now he's going to be sent home. The ironic thing was, as people on Twitter were pointing out, his wife didn't seem to want to get that jab. Um, Tweeting out, I think something along the lines of y'all can get that vaccine if y'all want to. And uh, I don't know if those two things are related, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. Jeremy Grant uh, is expected to remain with the team, but he is somebody else who is in COVID protocol. Zach Levine will not be uh, traveling with the team initially. They're expecting him to be out there and meet them there with them. Uh he's in COVID protocol right now. The American gymnast that you mentioned, her name, Kara Eaker, she's out. Katie Lou Samuelson from the women's basketball three-on-three team for uh, Team USA. She's out, like, and she's being replaced by Jackie Young. And this is just what we know in terms of the American players, but there are athletes all over the place. I don't remember the number of cases, but I think it was in the 50s in terms of athletes that are, like, going to compete. And people, you know, we don't know how many of these athletes were already vaccinated um whether it was you know delta variant related or regular variant or however that works like we just know that people are still getting infected by this virus because we haven't fucking gotten our shit together uh, as it relates to a lot of this stuff so while i generally look forward to the olympics i've told Mm -hmm. you before dex like international play like that's that's something i really get up for i love when it's country versus country not on some like territorial racist you know potentially problematic shit but, <laughs> but i like watching like euro cup copa america like that that's yeah. my gold yeah. cup in, in terms of soccer and the world cup obviously in terms of soccer that's my favorite kind uh of uh action more than club play kind of like the same thing with basketball like while i love the nba i love every four years when we get the world cup or the olympics you know what i mean or some of these other like fiba americas and we have some of these tournaments that we play uh internationally as well um and and in basketball it's 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 starting to like grow in that way because basketball as a sport has grown and soccer it's always been big uh, and boxing is another thing. Like, I mean, you don't even need the Olympics or international play, quote unquote, to get that because you'll have the Ukrainian dude against the dude from Honduras or the Puerto Rican versus the Mexican or the American versus the dude from Finland or the woman from Germany versus somebody from Ireland. Like, you get that all the time. And MMA, the same thing. You know, somebody from Japan versus somebody from Canada or whatever the case may be. Like, you love that. You love it when it's um you know, under under certain guidelines. And in the Olympics, like, you get that. You get people competing. Uh, they're repping their countries, repping their homeland. And it's usually great to see, but now it's going to be under weird circumstances. There's no fans. There's COVID in the air. You're concerned for the for the safety of these athletes. I was, I was seeing a report that apparently the athletes are going to be sleeping on cardboard beds. I knew, to, I knew you were going to bring this up. Yeah, knew, yeah. But did you, see,
0: did you see what they were calling them at first, the anti-sex beds? Yeah, oh, yeah. They, oh, they, oh, they,
1: yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Tell clip, them, Brian. I'm, tell them. Listen, if I'm going to the Olympics, if I'm going to the Olympics, I'm fucking. All right? Like I'm telling you right now. If I'm going to the Olympics, I'm not doing this cardboard bed shit. Like, no way. If but here's- I'm going- i so- going to the Olympics, man. Like, I understand. But it's COVID. It's COVID. I understand. Like, everybody, like, they got to put the cardboard beds, and they're giving out, you know, condoms to people, but they're encouraging them to save the safe sex for when they go back home as opposed to when they're out there. But if I'm one of these athletes, like, I'm not going to throw no names out there, but if this is my one chance to be in the Olympics, and I can't, like, I'm not going to say too much here, but. Once, in a, once, a right, once in a
0: lifetime opportunity. Right. Once in a lifetime
1: opportunity. You know what I mean? Like you're never gonna be at this kind of event again. Like, nah, dog. I have to. I have to see what's up. You know what here, I mean? I have so, to. I have to go learn about myself. See what I like.
0: So you know now, what I mean? So, so to, Brian, there was these there was rumors that came out. They've now been sort of debunked in a way to say that they weren't anti sex beds and the beds can handle multiple people on them because there's this athlete. I'm forgetting the athlete's name. He jumped up and down in the bed, and you can see it's pretty sturdy. But here was the thing: if the if the IOC was trying to make anti-sex beds, you weren't going to stop people from getting it on. That I was going to say, happen. do they still because have kitchens?
1: Do yo, they still have counters. Like, like a, let, let's not let's have to be, get graphic here. No, we don't have to do get the graphic hotels and
0: balconies. Come on, people! If, it's it's not like when, you, especially younger athletes, right? Because that's the majority of people who are at the Olympics. We're talking about young athletes in their twenties. If you were in your 20s, you've engaged in some sexual activity, then you know a lot of times you did not need a bed. Trust me, you know you did not need a bed. That's one of option. Like, they're talking like it's supposed to be older people. Like, you know, you might be 35 and older. You know, I'm putting myself in that category. Now you might be like, yeah, I need a bed to get this going. This is not the case for the Olympic League. You think a bed was going to stop them? If that was the case, I know this has been debunked now. But I was laughing at first because like a bed is not going to stop people. They're <laughs> going to do what they got to do. Then the bed isn't going to stop anybody. Like if you think that, that's ridiculous. Now I have read stuff that Brian just brought up about the fact that they usually have condoms that they give out to the athletes in the Olympic Village, but this year they were going to try to withhold them till the end of the games. I mean, look, people, a lot of look, look people take risks all the time. All right. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm here for the safe sex. I hope everybody practices safe sex. If you know that the Olympic, they're not giving out condoms in the Olympic Village, I would strongly encourage the Olympic athletes going out there that are looking to have a little fun, hopefully safely. You know, you're protecting yourself with the vaccine. You should also protect yourself in other ways. I hope you're doing that. You can bring cond- condoms out of the country. You're allowed to bring those through customs. That can happen. So, Packy condoms, man. Like, that's what you do. And if (laughs) if you thought... If you thought... Like, I just still can't get it. If you thought the anti-sex beds? That's not Having a bed doesn't stop people from having sex. Since when? Right. That's that's all I have to say on that.
1: Like, uh, listen. Everybody... Everybody on planet Earth, we've all seen the movies. And we know which kinds. Okay? (laughs) We... (laughs) Like cardboard bed or no, sleepies I, I, mattress I feel you though Brian there's or, a whole in- there's a whole
0: industry that is relying on showing you that a bed is not necessary right. that's always saying. like
1: there's work around <laughs> and on top of that it's like you're talking about like 20 year old athletes whatever whatever like never mind <laughs> the athletes we talked about before there are staffers there right. are just people who are executives or whatever like listen 20-some-year-olds ain't the only people that are fucking. Right. All right. Like, this is the Olympics. Everybody is experimenting and trying to try shit out. It's going to be dangerous during COVID, and you know people are still going to be taking the risks.
0: People have been doing it. People have been doing this anyway. So, to think it wasn't going to happen, it was laughable. Hey, I thought it was a fun story. It was funny seeing that come out, what people were saying on Twitter. But look, hopefully, everybody, you know, stays safe out there in multiple different ways. But as far as these games go, you know, I think the thing that you're concerned about, B, when you think about this, is you don't want high profile athletes contracting this. You know, it's it, it kind of sucks. But when I heard the news about the gymnast before her name was released, I was like, man, I hope it's not Simone Biles. That was the first thing that the first thing that popped in my mind. Yeah. I mean, one, because I love Simone Biles and she's a fantastic one of the GO athletes of all time. But also, you know, I want to see her shine on this stage and that would put a huge damper on the sport of gymnastics I and mean, the American team. You don't want to see athletes who have the chance to compete in their highest level. And it's just now when you when that thought has across your mind, it really has to be scary. And you know, this Delta variant that's out here right now is nothing to play games with. You know, you talked about Bradley Beal's wife was like, yeah, y'all want to get that jab or not if you want to. Like y'all could go play with COVID if y'all want to. That's not something I feel like you should want to play with. We've spoken about this on this podcast. So people aren't taking this seriously, which clearly are people who are not. Um, you know, it's it's just really disappointing at this time. But I got to say COVID-19 and the variant out there and everything that's going on in Japan, it does put a damper on this games. I did want to say, because I feel like our listeners and viewers are probably wondering, well, Dexter and Brian, is there any way that this can be canceled? Is there any possible way that they could cancel the games at all? And so... Technically, yes. Likely, probably not, right? Nah, we're, we're a con- in too
1: deep at this point.
0: Yeah, and there's a contract between the IOC and the host city that goes on every Olympics. And the contract's pretty straightforward on this. It basically says that it only gives the option for the IOC, International Olympic Committee, to cancel, not the host city. So even though we talked about how the Japanese folks don't necessarily want the games there. As I said, 70% of them are against the games being there in Tokyo. It's not like the city of Japan, excuse me, the city of Tokyo or the country of Japan could cancel this. That's not it. And that's because the Olympic Games are exclusive property of the IOC. This is something I read in a BBC article that I'm actually actually looking at right, right now. And aside from things like a civil war, it's like a war, civil disorder that is, if, quote, the IOC has readable grounds to believe it is in sole discretion that the safety of participants in the games will be seriously threatened or jeopardized for any reason whatsoever. This was a quote uh, from Alexander Miguel Mesh, who talked to BBC. It's, a, it's a sports, international sports lawyer. And I mean, there's an argument to be made that the pandemic could be seen as a threat that falls in that category. So it should kind of be a way. Um, for them to terminate the contract. But like I said, I don't think that's likely because the IOC, as people have known, you can just do your reading and research on this. They've always been about the money, right? Like they've always been about securing that bag. And we talked about the sunk costs earlier in the segment. So I do not think that could happen. Now, Japan can try to go against them, right? And uh, the Olympic charter also stipulates that the INC should ensure the health and safety of the athletes and promote safe sports not really sure having this is promoting safe sports at all whatsoever so it's it's just really interesting if this could happen right like if japan was to try to cancel the contract but you know there's a lot of risks, there's a lot of losses there's a lot of money involved like i said you get your lester freeman on and you can see how this stuff works but man I'm not sure they necessarily care about the safety and health of the people as much as, well, we've seen this a lot in the world, as much as we do about continuing to make those dollars. And I'm not necessarily sure everybody's going to be making the money they thought they would at the Olympics. But when you put $15 that's billion with a B, into this stuff, a lot of people don't want to lose money. And I don't think they necessarily care about the health and safety of the athletes. Yeah. But we're probably at fault because we're still going to watch.
1: Yeah. And... You know, with all that being said, Puerto Rican women's national basketball team has never been in the Olympics before. While they are predicted to lose a group play, I will be furiously cheering them on because I don't know when, Uh, you know, if we're, up, we're on the up and up, but look, it's hard to make it to the Olympics. I've told you. Like, 12 teams only make it to the Olympics in basketball, which I think is right. ridiculous, right? It should be at least 16. The World Cup is 32, thankfully, but you know, I, I think a lot of people are still going to like root for their people, root and have their rooting interests and things like that. Team USA, which we've talked about, is is going to be uh, widely scrutinized. Uh, <laughs> you know, while they're over there, et cetera, et cetera, it's going to be the same thing, if not worse, in other parts of the world. So, we're all still going to be in, involved with this, but whether or not we should be is probably a different uh, and more layered discussion that we can have, um, you know, at some point. One time
0: for your mind, one time. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind. This week, got some interesting things to talk about, including people hating. Me hating on people that do a particular thing that I just can't stand that occurs whenever I go to the supermarket. Ugh, I hate it. Brian, what do you have about people hating on a particular female rapper?
1: Yeah, uh, Meg Thee Stallion was one of three women on Sports Illustrated Swimsuits covers that dropped today. Uh, Naomi Osaka was one of the others, and the other woman's name is escaping me right now. Um, But Meg Thee Stallion was the one that I saw getting a lot of attention on Twitter. And some people were, I guess, mad. They were like, why is she on the cover? She's not even an athlete and whatever. And not that I have a ton to say on this, but I'm like, listen. If you're going to look at a cover of a magazine, a swimsuit cover, and Meg DeSalean is there, and you're going to be upset, then it just tells me a lot about who you are. <laughs> That's really all I'm saying. Like, I think that I, I like, it, there's been past issues, swimsuit issues of Sports Illustrated, a, plenty of them. Where they're not necessarily putting up athletes there. Something that our producer Greg and I were talking about before was mm-hmm. that while Meg technically is not an athlete, uh, she definitely is in shape and has to be because her performances require a lot of energy, a lot of movement, chore- choreography, and things of that nature. Like she's athletic. You know what I mean? If you want to get technical about picking apart that she's not an athlete or whatever, but ultimately it's just you know stupid, and people just want to be mad at everything at this point. And like I said, if that upsets you, her being on the cover of that magazine in particular upsets you, then I don't know what to say to you, dog. Like just, just salute, enjoy it, move on, and uh, that's it.
0: Yeah, if you're upset about Megan Thee Stallion being on the cover, it's pretty simple for me. You're her. Like, it's really that simple, just yeah. so straight up. Like, there's really that simple. First of all, Brian, as you said, she is not the first uh, non-athlete to be on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. There have been other musicians who have been on. Beyonce was on the cover back in 2007. And mm. maybe, you were mad, maybe you were mad at that, too. And, again, you're a Herb. This is pretty <laughs> much the same thing right there. Look, Megan Thee Stallion, great performer. Megan Thee Stallion looks great. Who wouldn't want to see her on the cover of the swimsuit? Also right. very talented. Stop, stop hating. Why you just hate? Like, like, why do you even care to hate? But this is what people do, right? right? Right. This is what people do now on Twitter. They just got to find something to hate, something Yo. to get into, and they're trying. You're basically trying to tell me you think the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition cover should be a particular way. Who
1: cares? Please. It's real. It's really exhausting to just like. That's all people want to do on Twitter now is just fight about everything. It's like. Look, she's putting off for black women. She's putting off for curvy women. She's putting off for artists, et cetera, et cetera. All these things. I'm and, here for that. Right, exactly. Like, you know, if like, you're not here for that, that's cool, man. Just be quiet. Right. That's really quiet. that's really all of this. So I saw, and it was predictable too. Right. Like as soon as I saw a drop, I was thinking, oh, people are gonna have something to say about this. And it's like, who cares, dog? Like we 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 had a similar discussion, albeit in a little bit of a different way, when the WAP video came out. Mm-hmm. And we were right. like defending, obviously, that yes, they should be able to make that song because dudes have been, dudes have been rapping about WAP for years. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean? Like but when and, and, the women and,
0: say, when the women talk about it and express their sexuality, it's a problem, and right. then people want to police how the women express their sexuality and who should be, and what kind of women or how they should look and be on what cover. You know, so it, it's it's very interesting. Don't give me that she's not an athlete thing. You've, I mean, I'm sure there are people mad that Beyonce was on the cover too, but I think we could look at the reasons why. Because yeah. I think if it was a, a white woman who wasn't an athlete, which there have been on SI covers, people wouldn't be that mad about it. We know this. We know this for sure. All right. What I want to talk about for one time for your mind is something that annoys me, really annoys me, grinds my gears, Petey Griffin would say on Family Guy. Sometimes, Brian, I don't know about you, but this, this is very particular to the supermarket experience when you are driving in particular. And this also stems to another experience in the situation that I had that I'll bring up a story briefly too. But when I go to the supermarket, it doesn't have to be the supermarket, it could be Target, it could be any shopping center. One of the things that really annoys me is people get back to their cars, they bring the shopping cart with them and they don't put the shopping cart back in the little areas they have, I'm forgetting what they call them, that you can put the shopping carts in. And here's why I do. Just leave it in the middle of the, the parking lot. And what happens is sometimes things get pushed, people's cars get dinged. And if you have a car, you don't want your car to get dinged or scratched by a shopping cart. And I've always been annoyed about this. I make it an active duty that anytime I go to the supermarket and I'm in in the in the parking lot, I make sure I take my cart and put it back where it belongs because that's what you're supposed to do. But I came across this article the other day, and it I I not even remember. I saw it. It says, "Why don't people return their shopping carts?" And I was like, "I've always wanted to know this. Why don't people return their shopping carts? What is going on here?" And what I found out that was kind of interesting is there's a lot of reasons for why some people leave the cart stranded. And the place they return it to, I believe, is called a, a receptacle. That's actually what it's called. And these are some of the reasons, Brian. The receptacle is too far from where they parked their car. Oh, so they're lazy. That's <laughs> pretty much what it is. <laughs> this one, as a parent, I kind of can understand this one. They have a child whom they don't want to leave unattended, right? Like, if you have a small child, I might understand that one. That's a little fair. The weather is bad. No. No. Don't want to hear that. Not an excuse. This is also fair. They have a disability that is prohibitive, prohibitive to ease movement. Can understand that as well too. Perception is it's somebody else's job to collect the carts, which I think this happens for a lot of people that don't fall into the other two categories I said that they understand. They just expect somebody else to do it. And they're leaving the carts for someone else to pick up and use, right? And so for the cart users, this, this person who did this research on this says there's returners like myself there's never returners, people who never return the carts. Convenience returners, people who return the carts if they park close or if they see a cart attendant. Pressure returners, people who return the carts because they see uh, somebody else returning it or people give them the look like I do sometimes when people don't return their carts and I see it. And uh, child driven returners, right? People who like return the carts because they got their kid. Like I might do this with my daughter now push her in and get and get her back to it. And a lo- what they found is a lot of people return or don't return the carts because of social norms, right? And he did all this research where it was like, if a cart was in uh, shopping, uh, if a cart was in a parking lot where there were a lot of carts all over the place and everything was disorganized and people weren't bringing it back to the receptacle, people then were more likely to not return the cart than they would actually return the cart. But if you go to a shopping, excuse me, a parking lot where a lot of the carts were organized in the receptacle people are actually more likely to do this because they feel the social pressure to keep it neat and clean in the way it was. And I see a lot of that. Look, B, I don't know about you, I don't know if you have this experience with shopping, I think a lot of people are just damn lazy. I've literally witnessed this. I've literally witnessed people be lazy. I've literally witnessed people right next to the receptacle and they'll just leave their cart right there. They'll put their cart, they'll leave it at that. And you know what the worst thing, you know what really grinds my gears? When somebody's so lazy, they get into their car and they leave the cart in a parking spot. That really annoys me. Now, one story real quick I want to tell. This wasn't actually at a supermarket. This was in a parking lot at JFK Airport. A couple years ago, I was working uh, with the place I used to work at before. And I was with my coworker. And we were in the car at JFK Airport. We were working on a story. And... We literally watched a guy get his wife uh, and kids, and they came back from whatever flight. You picked them up. They brought the cart that carries the luggage okay, to their SUV, loaded their SUV. We then watched the man close the door to the SUV, and he turned around, and he pushed his cart. Now, for, for people not watching this, where I was sitting in the car watching this happen, the car was directly in front of me. Right. In a space across the aisle. He pushed his cart and just let it go. I don't remember if it was him or his wife. They did it. They pushed to let it go. The cart moves to the side of my coworker's car. And in all fairness, it could have hit her car. And my co-worker at the time, she's a wonderful woman. She is particularly very mild mannered. One thing I learned that day. Oh, don't play with her. She got out that car and she let that man know why he did what he did was unacceptable and how he could hit the car. And she was pretty disgusted. I'd never seen her that disgusted and I understood it. And the man, you know what he did? Instead of being like, oh, my bad. Yeah, we shouldn't do this. He actually just blamed his wife. He was like, oh, my wife did that. Wow. Like, hey, he threw his wife under the bus. He threw oh, his wife under the bus. No. And I was like, you don't have to do this. And he took no responsibility for this at all whatsoever and it was just like dude you could do this he did take the thing and put it in the receptacle and i do remember my co saying like yeah you can do this you don't have to leave this so this happens in airports all the times people don't do this you see the carts left all over the place and the thing i'm gonna say to wrap this up is like you can do better if you have a disability i understand if you have a child with you i understand Right? But don't put it in the ways of other cars where it can hit somebody's car, it can hit somebody. Be better. Don't be lazy. Most of the times, from what I see being in these parking lots, people are just damn lazy. They're just lazy. They just don't want to do the work to make it a cleaner, safer, better environment for people coming to park their cars in the spaces. And that's it. So if you read this article, just be better. Don't. You don't have to be a never returner. Be a returner. Just, yeah. just be. Just be better about your surroundings. That's yeah. it.
1: What I, what I typically do is just bring my own cart to avoid all that shit. Like, I mean... I use, I, use your own cart so that you are always have it with you. Put all your shit in there. Bring all your stuff home and you don't have to worry about taking, returning, leaving it at a specific place. No, that shit is yours. Because you can do that now because, well, you know, people are trying to save money and not have to pay X amount of cents for plastic bags and stuff. I also don't typically get that much stuff. It depends on who I'm actually going with. And... You know sometimes i'll just have or a lot of times i'll just have enough for a couple bags or whatever the case may be but the shopping cart like i don't typically use the shopping carts from a, from wherever i'm going to i usually just bring my own if i absolutely have to
0: i have as somebody who's at least always had a car for pretty much most of its adult life i've come out of shopping centers and supermarkets and been in parking lots where i've definitely seen my car pretty much get dinged i believe by a shopping cart and that's wildly frustrating to see that knowing that somebody probably hit your car with a shopping cart, Like, come on people do better. And I just, I can't stand it. All right. That's enough of us. Me being mad actually about something that's worth being mad about and ranting for this episode of the A hard to tell podcast episode 187. Thank y'all for listening. Let us know what you think. Are you excited about these Olympics? Are you excited about the finals ending? Are you rooting for anarchy and a game seven? Hoping we get that. Hopefully we'll have some good
1: stuff to talk to you about. And Next week when we come back, and? And shout out to a couple of different people. One, shout out to everybody enjoying Hidalgo Heights so far. I'm getting some really nice texts, so that's been going on. My boy Steve uh, Finger styles from The Podcast, who I share a last name with, told me that he's really enjoying it so far. And, uh, yeah, so I got a nice message from him, so I wanted to shout him out there. And our boy, Jamal Murphy, who had me on Bros pod to talk about that and the Olympics and COVID. So if you want more of that stuff, you can check out the last episode of the Bill Road on Sports Podcast, where Jamal and I talk about uh, COVID, the Olympics, the NBA Finals, and Hidalgo Heights, where we talked for a good probably 10, 15 minutes about like the inspiration behind it, why I wrote it, and how— everything that we're experiencing as a country is sort of related to the things that go on in that story. So y'all should check that out as well.
0: Yeah, check that out. It was a good episode. I listened to it the other day. It was a really good episode with Jamal and Brian talking about that. And also, you know, if you haven't read Hidalgo Heights here, pick that up or order it on Amazon as you yeah, support, support that and you will get that delivered to you two days or less if you have Amazon Prime. Perfect. That's it again for episode 187 of the A Hard Cell Podcast. He is Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.